up until this age of about 30, the Bible says. And that's when the word Jesus, say the word is Jesus. That's when he became activated or empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it happened on the day that John the Baptist was down in the river and he in the Jordan River and he was baptizing people and he said, Behold, look, there comes my cousin. <laughs> he didn't say that. He says, There comes Jesus, who was his cousin, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sins of the world. And he comes down and Jesus says, You need to baptize me, John. And, and Jesus ba- and was baptized by John. And when he came out of the water, he was praying. Heavens opened up. The Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon Jesus, say upon him. And it came upon him, and he heard this booming voice. I'm sure it was a booming voice from heaven saying, Behold my son, whom I am well pleased. He said, I am pleased with my son. That's my son. He put his stamp of approval on his son that day at the age of 30. And he sent the Holy Spirit on the, at the age of 30 upon his son, and he activated his ministry that day. Now, I want you to know something very, very unusual about this, the next part of the sermon. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And look at Luke, look at Luke chapter 4. Then Jesus, verse, verse 1, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan where he had been baptized, where he had been filled with the Holy Spirit, and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led, say, led by the Spirit. And you see, I would have probably argued with the Spirit on that one. We want to be led to the five-star hotel. We want to be led where it's easy, measy, you know. We want to be led where we're going to be comfortable, right? We, 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 want, to be, we, want, to go, we want to go where everybody likes us. I like to be where people like me, don't you? But it says the Spirit, the Spirit led Jesus, compelled him, led him into the what? The wilderness, kind of like walking out into West Texas. It's mesquite trees everywhere, you know? And Jesus, this is the beginning of his ministry. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. And afterwards, when they had ended, he was hungry. No, duh. 40 days without food. He was hungry. He was probably very weak. He was fully God, but he was also fully man. He was hungry, church. His mouth was probably, oh, man, I'm ready for some steak. He would have probably taken some liquid diet then, right? But he was tempted by, by the enemy. And the devil said to him, if you are the son of God. Listen, when God says you're something, the devil will come and say, really? Are you that? I'm telling you, when, when, I, when I began the ministry and, and began pastoring and preaching, Harold Watkins, he's a used car salesman. Really? God said you're called to that? Woo! Seriously? And he says that the enemy will say the same thing about you. When God says, I've called you, the enemy will come say, Really? Okay, let's see how that's going to work out. That's going to just see how that's going to So he says, If you are the Son of God, which Jesus, well, God had just 40 days earlier said, Behold, my Son in whom I am well pleased. He said, if you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him saying, it is written. Say, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? By what? Every word. Every word of God. Then the devil, verse 5, taking him up on a high mountain, way higher than probably Twin Buttes, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you in their glory, for this has been delivered to me. You know who delivered it to Satan? Adam and Eve. They, they, they said, okay, 
we'll follow you, we'll listen to you, we'll quit listening to God. And they sinned and they, they, they opened the world up to corruption. He says, all this authority I will give to you, Jesus, and their glory. For this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Did you know the enemy will come and offer you things? Therefore, if you will worship me, Satan said, all this will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan. How many times have you said that in your life? For it is written, say it is written. You shall worship the Lord your God and you will serve him him only. Only him. He's a jealous God. Then verse 9, then he brought him to Jerusalem. Satan brought Jesus to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, he's still trying to get him to, to forget about his identity. He's still trying to get Jesus to question his own identity. He says, if you are the son of God. That telephone threw me off. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Is that scripture? Yes, it is. And Jesus answered and said to him, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him for a more opportune time. Well, he had more opportune times, didn't he? I see, I see, I see if, if I can enter into Peter and Peter can say some things against the anointing. Let me enter into Judas and let me see if I can get Judas to, to betray Jesus. Let me see if I can enter into the Pharisees and to the Romans and to Pilate. Men, Satan was going to be busy not long from that day. Three years from that day, he's going to be very busy working behind the scenes to take Jesus to the cross. And then he thought he was going to have a victory there. Huh. Go figure. You can listen. Jesus said, it is written. Did you know you can know the Bible backwards and forwards? You, how many of you got your little worship guide this morning? You got your scriptures inside of it. I want you to take those home. I want you to look at those. There's, there are both sides of that. One side's a declaration. The other side are scripture promises. Listen, you can know all those scripture promises. And you can quote them backwards and forwards. But if you don't believe them, they mean nothing. They're just words on a piece of paper. If they're not empowered, enthused with the Holy Spirit to lift you up. Listen, they'll just be words. Well, I quoted it. Nothing happened, Pastor. But did you believe it? Did you yield to God? Did you yield to the Holy Spirit in the midst of that? He's calling you today. He's calling me today to renew our commitment to yield to the Holy Spirit. So I've been tempted. But I want you to see something about the word being empowered. It sets our course and our purpose. Luke 4, verse 14. Then Jesus returned. Now remember, he had been led by the who? Into the wilderness? Holy Spirit. Now it says, after all of that, it says, then Jesus returned in what? The power of the Spirit. Say the power. See, he, he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went throughout all of the surrounding region, and he taught in the synagogues, being glorified by all. So he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. Uh-oh. Back in his hometown. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, bless you, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now, you see, are you, are you getting something here? Baptized, the Spirit of the Holy Spirit comes upon him. He goes to the wilderness led by the Spirit. He leaves the, he leaves the wilderness after being tempted in the power of the Spirit. Then he gets up to read the, 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 the Word of God that day from Isaiah, and he said, 
the spirit of the Lord is upon me. That was not something he was talking about that happened hundreds of years ago. He said, right now, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. You know why he could say the right now? Because he's the I am. He's not the I was. He said, I am. In that moment, he's saying the spirit of the Lord is upon me. How wouldn't you like to have been in the room that day? Wow, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. To recover the sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. At the age of 30, his his calling and his course were being set. They had been set before the foundations of the world. Because he he never was born, really. He always was. And he is and will be. But on that day, in front of these people, they were understanding that this calling was upon him, that this is somebody special. And Jesus is reading this, and he says, this, has been, this is happening before your very eyes today. Today I'm fulfilling this prophecy. And that kind of ticked them off, you know. If you allow the Word of God to get in you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, listen to me, church. He will make your calling sure and he will set your destiny and your purpose before you. Just like he did for Jesus. Whatever he did then, he's doing now. He's doing it today. Some of you know your callings. Some of you know God called me this day to do that. And you've had a dream and he put a dream in your heart and you haven't walked that dream. You haven't fulfilled your destiny. Listen, it's not too late. I want to encourage you today, whatever God put in your heart when you were 12 or 15 or 30, whatever he's put in your heart to do, his, listen, he still wants to fulfill that in you. Are you still breathing? Some of you are not breathing. Y'all look at your neighbor and ask him, check and see if they're breathing. Okay? Because you've got to be breathing to fulfill your destiny. And this gets, gets more exciting. Luke 4, 31. The word, the empowered word of God, it gives us the, a lot of authority. Okay? Then he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with what? Authority. He had this authority when he spoke. Because why? He is the word. Now in the synagogue, there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him. See, his timing, this guy's timing, this demon was trying to manifest, and Jesus didn't really want to do some things that early in his ministry because he didn't want to expose because God had, had some things for him to do. But that's why he said, Be quiet. Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet. Come out of him. Woo! Shouldn't it be that easy? Shouldn't it be that easy in deliverance, Belinda? Be quiet. Shut up. Not only be quiet, shut up. Come out. Leave that person right now in Jesus' name. See, Jesus spoke with authority. Guess who he gave that authority to? Us. Me. Yeah, that's right. He gave us that authority. They were astonished at his teaching because he taught with such authority. And when the demon had thrown him in the midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed. Yeah. And they spoke among themselves. Saying, I, want, I want you to underline this, this verse. What a word this is. See, the word is empowered. He said, what a word this is. The people said, for with authority and what? And what? And with what? 
power. Say power. You can't say power like that. Power. Power is a word you have to say. Power. power. <laughs> then you can wipe the spit off the back of your neck from the person behind you. See, I won't do that in the next service because it's televised. Yeah, I probably will, won't I? Yeah, okay. What a word this is. Man, that should be how we read the word. What a word this is. What a word this is. For with authority and power, he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Did you know you can have authority but not exercise the power? You can have the authority and not exercise the power. We do it all the time in the church. Jesus said, I've given you all authority. This is what I want you to do, greater work. I want you to do the greater works than I've done. I, I want you to raise the dead and heal the sick and cleanse the, uh, heal the leper, cleanse, uh, cleanse the, the leper. I, I want you to do those things. I'm going to give you the authority to do that. And it's going to take my power, but guess what? I'm going to give you the power to do that also. So we have the authority, but sometimes we neglect to walk in the power. And it's not because God didn't have an abundant source of power. It's because we have this thing called flesh that we don't want to yield to the Spirit. Yield, yield, yield. It's all about yielding, isn't it? Now, I want you to see how this word, this empowered word, has been imparted to the church. Because you're going to say, well, that was Jesus. Did Jesus did that. He was the word. He's the son of God. He could do all that. We don't have that authority. Yes, we do. Go to, go to Acts chapter 2. See, on the day of Pentecost, and there were 120 or so people in the upper room. And that was the day Jesus said, go and wait for the what? The power or the promise. He said, I want to send my Holy Spirit. You go wait for the power. Now, they'd already been filled with the Spirit, but they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. So he said, go to the upper room and wait. And it actually was 10 days that they waited. And, and on that day of Pentecost, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit upon his people. That was the day that Peter went from being, do you love me, Peter? Yeah, I love you, Lord. Do you really love me? Yes, I love you, Lord. Do you really love me? Yes, you know I love you, Lord. To being a man of boldness. His first Ever sermon. He stood up being filled with the Spirit and he preached the Word of God. Listen, he was preaching to a hostile crowd. It wasn't some nice little ditty of a crowd. Oh, nice little. No, these were people that had been participating in the crucifixion of Jesus. And, with, and he began to preach the Word with power and the Holy Spirit took the words that he spoke and boom, boom, boom. 3,000 times it went like that to people. And all of a sudden they're like, I receive it, I receive it, I receive it. And then they, they said, well, what do we have to do, Peter? And he said, just repent. Change the way you think about Jesus. And be baptized for the remission of your sins. And then you will get the, you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And 3,000 people on one day from the, a rookie preacher. First sermon ever. 3,000 people come to the kingdom of God. That's the power of the word imparted into believers. That's the power of the word imparted into Peter and through Peter as he spoke the word of God with power that day. They'd read Joel before. They knew what Joel said about the Holy Spirit coming in the last days, being poured out. But when it was empowered by the Holy Spirit that day, 3,000 people 
came to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. With many other words, Acts 2.40, with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Listen, we live in a perverse generation, and we need people to be saved from it and out of it. But they're not going to come in here, guys. You're going to have to go out there. I'm going to have to go out there. That's where the perverseness is. Well, there's some perverseness in the church. I, I agree. But most of it is outside the walls of the church. And we're supposed to be going and doing, baptizing, teaching, preaching, all those things that he's given us the power to do. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. The word went forth with power. I don't know how Peter felt that day about getting up and preaching. I, I feel like if I, if I was called on to preach and there were like thousands upon thousands of people and I had not prepared to preach... <laughs> I think I might have thought, wow, I don't, I don't know if I can do this or not. I don't think Peter thought that at all. I think the Holy Spirit was so in him that he was ready to preach. It, it didn't matter if there was one person there or a million people. He was ready to preach. And I think maybe when he looked out over the crowd, he might have remembered what Jesus said back in Luke 12, verse 11. He said, well, now when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how or what you should answer or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. I was, I was going over the sermon this morning. I was just kind of going over my notes, and I was thinking, how many 